There certainly has to be a bloody cut. I've come here so many times. It's not normal what's happening here in Pro Park. I put a spell on you. Because you're mine. Well, that's Screaming Jay Hawkins and Billy Fitzpatrick bringing us to our new segment, Hocus Pocus, Ghosts of Sporting Past. Uh, to do so, I'm joined in studio by Jack McDonald and continually with Hollow Boyle. Firstly, Jack, if I go to you, you have some of the spookier, scarier ones to enlighten us this afternoon. Of course I do, Kevin. I did it last week, but there was a little bit of a technical glitch combined with Cahill's continuing scepticism made me come back for more. Also, I want to say to listeners, for about for the past 30 minutes, I was trying to weigh in on Cahill and Jimmy's discussion, but I couldn't. Uh, don't worry, I'll, I'll post about it on Facebook for you. Now, uh, Cahill, please, can you agree to have an open mind for this whole thing? Fine, I'll, I'll keep an open mind because you asked. Thank you. Firstly, we're going to revisit my favourite curse, which is the Bella Gutman curse. Now, Kevin, we talked about this before. If you remember, it was the nomadic uh, man who's known as Bella Gutman. Now, he was one of the most sought-after coaches in the world, having achieved huge success with each club he managed. The Astro-Hungarian had a role, had a rule of never staying at a club for more than two years, declaring the third season is fatal. At Benfica, however, he broke his own rule, managing the club for three years and winning the European Cup twice in the process. After beating Real Madrid in 1962, he left the club, telling the board, Benfica will never be champions again without me. Given that they were the best club in the world at the time, and they continued to be for the for well, many years afterwards, they continued to reach that final step, but in fact on eight occasions... They fell short. Gutman died in 1981, but his curse lives on. What is the issue surrounding him, his own personal rule of staying for two years and then winning the cup? What's, what's the connection there? I think it's just simply that, you know, you don't get too greedy. And in this case, he got very greedy. Yeah, God often said he can't be too greedy. Uh, it's a great, great rule to live by by Bella Goodman. Cahill, you don't seem so sure on that one. Considering it's probably the closest one in parallel to the one here in Mayo, they've been in finals eight times and lost them all. Most recently, I think in 2015, I think it was, mm. and in the Europa League final. So it doesn't matter, Champions League, Europa League, they're still losing it. Similar to Mayo, we've had nine finals, lost them all. You're not convinced. Uh, no, I, I wouldn't be say I'm convinced, but I think there's a bit of maybe basis to it in a sense. I, I thought Benfica had been doing well recently enough. I think, was that not one of the curses that was broke that they ended up or they haven't won it since? They still it? haven't won a European competition? Well, we, we'll have to see whether that's just them being a bad team or not. But I'd say it could be possible that uh, Benfica could possibly prove that to be a bit of a tale or folklore, nonetheless, than a curse. Because uh, I don't think I I've like I mean the Mayo curse like you kind of have to believe it I mean you did play the uh, on the intro there which is very well put together but uh, it, you did hear about the the game where Mayo scored two own goals now there's a bit of credibility behind that maybe I don't know but uh, you kind of as a Mayo fan you kind of need to make excuses for it in that aspect so as not a Benfica fan I don't think there's a curse there. Do you think that Benfica fans are equally as uh, as pitied in Portugal as as Mayo fans are in Ireland? 
I'd say so because there's a lot more strong I'd say Benfica have a lot more stronger support than the 140 odd thousand here in Mayo I'd say there's a bit more support behind them in in ben, in Portugal than there will be here just in Mayo there is risky a, comment <laughs> controversial one but there is the, the shared uh, colours you know the green and red of Portugal the green and red of Mayo I think uh, there should be some sort of contact brought out there in terms of a uh, uh, at least a sourcing of how to end and dispel any of these curses that have been brought amongst the two clubs mentioned. Jack, you Okay, have... so a Mourinho figure, uh, just to sum it up, a Mourinho figure, he's continuously winning, he breaks his own rule, and ultimately the club don't win. Okay, Cahill, you don't seem particularly happy with Kiwi, and I think I've convinced you. Uh, well, I hope yeah, I have. Yeah, yeah. Okay, Cahill, number out of ten? Three. <laughs> That, it doesn't convince me at all. It's a it's a thing to happen, um. You know, like clubs. How long? How many clubs have gone? How long without winning a thing? Uh, Benfica eight, just eight finals so, though. Eight finals. I mean, you just weren't capable of winning it then. If that's the case, just like Leeds oh, no, United. I'm going to go down that slippery yeah, so Okay, you, you, you weren't capable of winning. If yeah, that's the case. Okay, you're you're reaching Jimmy Sloyne. You know, simply not good enough territory. And uh, I think you might be quite correct in that assertion. Okay, Jack. Next one, you're going to bring us on to. Okay, well. We talked before, and I think this was Cahill's favourite one. He was definitely convinced by this one. It was the Curse of the Masters. If anybody remembers, there is a special pre-tournament. <laughs> there is a special pre-tournament that occurs in the days before the Masters. In fact, the casual pre uh, three par three pre-tournament. It's an event that began in 1960, and it's an event the day before. It's just casual, but no player has won the Masters having won the par three tournament beforehand. The curse has developed to to the extent where players deliberately play badly in the pre-tournament in fear it'll jinx their performance in the proper tournament. Now, given the fact that this has been 50 years and it has yet to be broken, I mean, Tiger Woods, Rory McIlroy, all of these guys, what do we think? Well, you you mentioned there in the last time we addressed this uh conspiracy or whatever you want to call it that uh, people deliberately started losing it just to avoid losing the actual final in the end but that just to be honest just adds to the idea that mm. because if you're deliberately trying to lose it that's just saying that there's no chance of like that's adding to the idea that it won't ever be won because the best golfers are now deliberately losing this one how so, how much do these come down to being self-fulfilling prophecies after a certain amount oh, 100% there's, there's no doubt that they're self-fulfilling prophecies it's it's like um, the, the pre-game ritual it's like it's their mindset really that they're trying to do by this and I think that's where the stem of the curse comes from it's just people hear it and they're like well I'm not going to win or lose anything by not competing in this pre-warm-up whatever so they're just going to move on to this uh, actual money-making event and just focus on that entirely is, you, is it a human instinct to go searching for something to blame someone to to, to put the put the finger on and especially with golf with it's being such a random like uh, there's no predicting who will win I mean yeah you have your bookies will, will, will have to stay, stay something on we'll that stay they have an idea uh, I, I, you still you can't predict who will win it golf is such a, a uh, it's based on the uh, parameters around you the wet, the weather the wind all that affects how who wins golf and um, it, there's no predicting who wins, so uh, it's just a dumbfounded, uh, dumbfounded, and probably an excuse someone has made to uh, hide the fact they lost the both of them, or won both one, the won the wrong one, we'll call it. 
Okay, uh, we're hearing a lot of Cahill. Kevin, if I can ask you, come on. They, 50 years, Tiger Woods, I mean, he's been busy with his ex-wife, sure. But at the end of the day, 50 years, he went on about a 10-year hot streak. How does this occur? Look, we, we have the Masters coming up, I think, next month, the 12th of November. is going to be, I'm for the first time ever, I'm going to be tuning into the to the pre-am that's going to occur in Augusta, Georgia. I really don't understand uh, this as an actual impending curse based upon you know the same ones that we talk about Bella Goodman the Mayo one uh, I don't it's not in that league because I just imagine a load of golfers pro golfers former retired pros coming together in in Georgia for the Masters I think it's kind of that one is, has become an idea that is more so within the clubhouse itself that they talk about that it's you know maybe a, an old wise tale and something that they enjoy being part of in terms of folklore. You mentioned that they purposely try and lose the tournament. I think that just kind of shows that for such an important tournament, you want to wear the green jacket uh, by the Sunday evening. You're not going to want to be entirely serious throughout the entire Masters. And I think lightening up, maybe making fun and of playing at the Masters is something that, that really comes into their thinking in terms of the, of the other ones that you've brought us yeah I think I think it's lower down the pecking order but one to keep an eye on certainly as you know the Masters is coming up in the few weeks ahead stem. the stem of this as well could be the fact that publicity plays a part in this because if even when this curse in quotation marks is broken that'll just attract a lot of a lot more publicity towards him in the headlines will be the curse finally broken pre-am winner wins Masters wins major whatever Um, it's it's just a lot of these can lead to the publicity now in Mayo GA's aspect of this publicity can't really come from it because um, it's kind of affected us negatively more so than positively but nonetheless we'll digress we need we need to find some marketing specialist who can brand uh, the morbidity of the Mayo curse into some top class merchandise I think that's what we're finally missing uh, Jack if you can go on to our third curse Sure, well I didn't even get a, a rating from I'm going to actually just presume Cahill, you're a 0.1 and Kevin, you're a 3 I'm, on that one Yeah, I think I'm, a, I'm, I'm sub 5 certainly in that one Okay, well our favourite one from last week had to be Aaron Ramsey This was an incredible one So, it's quite famous at this point that every time Aaron Ramsey scores it seems to end up in the death of somebody The curse of Aaron Ramsey strikes if Arsenal, uh, previously Arsenal and Wales midfielder, scores a goal. Over the last few years, Steve Jobs, Whitney Houston, Osama Bin Laden, um, Mohamed Gaffey, David Bowie, Robin Williams, Nancy Reagan and Alan Rickman have all died within hours of Ramsey scoring. This He's often labelled as, um, as, as incredible, but to have the power of death would be, I mean, he has to be worth 60 or 70 million for that. Yeah, Keeping. for a man who's gone on a free contract to Juventus and seems to have actually just killed his own career. In the mean, in the in the meanwhile, he's going to be potentially playing against Ireland tomorrow. I wouldn't speak against him. I wouldn't speak ill of Aaron Ramsey. It did come from the fact that he was always seen as a potential golden child of a uh, British football, bought by Arsene Wenger at a, at the Emirates uh, quite an early age from Cardiff. Never really set the world alight, but it was when he began scoring. It was so bizarre. I remember it like it was. He was going through a run where he just wasn't scoring for a while. Nothing really occurred. Then all of a sudden he was banging in the goals, and I think the total number is about twenty-three celebrities are are connected to him scoring goals just uh, beforehand or afterwards. 
and the caliber of them as well. You know, he can be given the credit for Osama bin Laden. You know, forget about Barack Obama coming out and telling people at the Oval Office that he had killed the world's most dangerous terrorist. It was a Welshman all along. Yeah, I, I would say that perhaps we need to look into Aaron Ramsey has been training all this time, presumably, and I wouldn't be surprised every good training session he has, COVID cases are probably spiking. Cahill? I'm not that, oh my god, um, two very outrageous and outlandish comments in that aspect, and I'm going to distance myself from both in this retrospect, but no, um, that, it, it kind of has an interesting aspect to it, this, um, uh, this curse, again in quotation marks we'll call it, um, I think that the idea that 23, you said, uh, celebrities have died from this, this one is, uh, died from this epidemic of Aaron Ramsey, um, Let's hope he doesn't score tomorrow and ends up killing another celebrity that we like because we had a lot of deaths this year in relation outside of COVID and with COVID. Nonetheless, that um, uh, let's hope he's it's our an Irish victory with a nil nil for with a nil uh, scoreline for Wales in that aspect. But um, I think it's kind of an interesting one and it's probably my only above five rating I'll give to a one of the curses here for its uh, alacrity and interestingness if we call it that. Yeah, and people were stating as well that it wasn't even when he left Arsenal that it stopped. He scored, I think it was just a few weeks ago or maybe a month, month or so ago for Juventus against uh, CSKA Moscow and just an hour later, Eric Bristow, the darts player, just was oh, pronounced no. dead. <laughs> and uh, so, he, so he was capable of that one as well, putting them away in that way. But, Looking at it from an Irish perspective, they've no Gareth Bale tomorrow. He is going to be the man where they're expecting some sort of world-class pedigree from. And as it looks, there's a few Irish football players, maybe over the age of 70, who are uh, not looking not looking forward to seeing Aaron Ramsey's curse come to this, these shores. Yeah, even your Mayo mask, Kevin, can protect you from Aaron Ramsey. Now... Final total, lads. What what do you think about this? Aaron Ramsey shows up to your door. He's kicking the football around. You have a goal. Do you let him score? <laughs> um, say that again? Just what's your final take <laughs> on the whole thing? That was the weirdest uh, comparison ever. Anyways, um, I think it's probably the most interesting one out of it, and that's why I give it a 7 rating. Yeah, I think... Aaron Ramsey being the Grim Reaper in disguise and doing his bidding through scoring goals, insignificant ones for uh, football teams around the world is, yeah, it's it's bizarre. It's interesting. The ones don't exactly align. You know, it's not as if, you know, they die on the same day. I think, you know, there's a few days in between and as soon as he scores, people are scouring through the papers to see who died during that week. But yeah, uh, it's, it's a fascinating one, an interesting one. And uh, yeah, I think it's definitely up there about an 8 out of 10. And it's also a bit more lighthearted. Obviously not for the dead celebrities, but you know it's a there's a separation of uh of, of emotions there, so definitely one of the high ranking ones. Keeping eight, Cahill seven, Cahill. We're starting to win you around. I mean, maybe we'll tell you the truth about the moon. Now, the curse of the Billy Goat. I think this, Kevin, do we give it to them now? I mean, this was an incredible. This was an incredible... No, we won't. We'll give them the Romani hex first. So, when Birmingham City... And Cahill is sighing. When Birmingham City moved to their St. Andrew's ground in 1906, they forcibly removed Romani people from the site, who were said to have placed a hundred-year curse 
on the club in retaliation. There have been pre- many previous attempts to try and break the curse, including notably former manager Brian Fry urinating in every corner of the ground. The curse eventually came to an end in 2006, not because of Brian and his bladder, but it had reached the 100-year mark, and four years later, the club won their first ever major trophy, beating Arsenal 2-1 in the 2010-2011 League Cup final. Lads, there's a there's a beginning, middle, and end to this. Yeah, it's 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 definitely my my personal favorite one because they actually won something at the end of it, and it was a major issue amongst the supporters of Birmingham City. Now there is an underlying theme here, certainly with the Benfica one as well, the Mayo one, the Birmingham one. There is a a, a theme of Catholicism, superstition. I think that creeps into its fan base, uh, so to speak, that are maybe a bit more fearful of these things than uh, their their other religious friends. Looking at it from the perspective of Birmingham City fans, I was reading as well that during uh, the Kitman's time at St Andrews, he was tasked with the idea of reupholstering the subs bench. You know, like they have them kitted out to be like Formula One cars nowadays. And he was going to the upholster in Birmingham City and he was stopped on the way by a local priest. And the priest recognised him, noticed him, and he said, what are you doing this part of town? He said, oh, well, I'm just going down to reupholster the dugout benches. And he had brought in the entire subs benches in the back of a van. He had them there and he was offered by the priest who came over and quickly got out some holy water in the back of his car and dashed them all over the, the, the subs bench in an, an attempt, I suppose, to lift the curse because he stated, you know, if we're having this opportunity of changing it, we may as well try and cleanse it from the Romany hex that was placed upon it well over 100 years ago. And at the time, a championship club beating top four Arsenal. It is historic. It's it's monumental for them. And the fact it comes so swiftly after 100 years of of a barren spell is, you know, it's it's quite something and makes you buy into it a lot more. Yeah, I'd like to know the betting patterns of those Romani people. Cahill, <laughs> what do you think? You're almost enraged now. This is concerning. No, I'm yawning at this one because I just find it quite baffling that this is considered a hex of all, of some sort. They kicked out some Romanians to build a pitch and they expect them to, to after 100 years, they'll have forgiven them. Uh, I don't think the Romanians would have been that forgiving if they were kicked out of the place without getting much in return in that aspect. But nonetheless, uh, the... the uh, bladder in all four con- corners of the pitch didn't seem to work so uh, I think the fact that just after a hundred years the curse is broken and then four years later they won it kind of leaves a bit of a discrepancy in between what happened in between them four years yeah I suppose it, it is quite neatly tied together and also the idea of a, of a cockney man and Barry Fry just going down to all four corners it's such a it's such a bravado thing to do to be like Imagine being convinced <laughs> after a few lagers. Uh, I can only I can only assume. Uh, I don't want to put words into his mouth or or live his own experience. But the idea that he would go and go through that idea, the thought process involved, to be told that there was a curse, and then to have the idea himself that, well, as manager of the of Birmingham City Football Club, he is the one capable of banishing any of the demons. A man of action. Kevin, you, you're a fan of this, Cahill, you're not. And, you know, we're seeing a lot of tension in studio. Cahill is visibly annoyed by this. Kevin, you're a big supporter. And I think 
you know, there needs to be some mediation here. Kevin, what do you think? Yeah, I think this is this is my my own personal favorite, the Birmingham City curse, because it, because as I mentioned, you know, it, it's it's been succeeded. You know, they've what's the word I'm looking for? It's been banished. It's it's come to its end. Obviously, here in Mayo, we well know that it has not come to its end. We also haven't had the proposition towards James Horn to urinate in all four corners of McHale Park. I think that should be coming quite swiftly as well. If it does reap the rewards, we have had Pope Francis sign a Mayo jersey. You know, it's it's come to, to, to quite extremes. So I think here here with the Birmingham City supporters, they've managed to find a, 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 a successful end to their barren spell. Okay, they haven't. <laughs> they, they won the League Cup. That's a I know it's a Mickey Come Mouse tournament. Ago. Six, seven, eight years. Six, seven, eight years ago. It, it, so what have they won since? Oh well, what have what have Mayo won since before or after that? Kind of championships. Uh, the Ooh, national league. Unlikely. No. Uh, hey, one, one, one league title. One league. One national league title. Okay, I'll, I'll break, it, break it up, lads. Break it up now. Numbers, keeping your number. Yeah, I'm gonna give a go for nine on this one. Oh, negative two. <laughs> negative two. Giving it a seven overall. Next, uh, negative I, five there actually. To be honest, to negate Queen's nine. <laughs> <laughs> Next, now I did promise the Billy Goat, but you're gonna have to wait one more minute, folks. First, we talked about it, and James Horan, you have a lot to answer for the curse of '51. Will you do Barry Fry's actions in 1951? The Mayo, uh, of course, the Mayo Gaelic football team won the All-Ireland Championship, beating Mead in the final. On their way home from the game, the team were in celebration and failed to respect a funeral ceremony they passed. Now, this led to either a priest or it has been said that it was a, a widow. A widow. Yeah. So we had some dis- debate about this. Anyway, a person of high standing places a curse on the side, ensuring that they would never win another All-Ireland Championship. County Mayo has reached the final on nine occasions since, but lost every single time. Legend has it that the curse will be lifted when all the players from that team have died. But two players, and I believe it may actually be one, remain today. You see, the Flying Doctor was the infamous man living in America, flew over for all the games and training and all, all in between. Um, he reached, he passed away at the, I believe in 2017, a few weeks after his uh, appearance on the Toughest Trade AIB. Mm, yeah, it was actually really nice. With that. Aiden O'Shea. Yeah. And, uh, he unfortunately passed away later. Well, um, he, he unfortunately passed away later. <laughs> Be for, careful. Um, yeah. I'm not saying anything there, but some people are, are maybe. What do you think it's like for, for their families? I suppose they, they do poo-poo the, the curse, the players from, from 51. I know Dr. Mickey Loftus and Cross from Lina as well. He, 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 they have no recollection of this ever occurring. The idea that they would have been disrespectful to a funeral as they went through Foxford. And I think as well, the factors, including people stating it was a priest, people stating it was the widow, you know, priests don't give out curses. It's not, they're not witch doctors. For, for as bad and all as, as your opinions may be on the Catholic Church, uh, I don't think that they were going around just lamenting any disrespectful parties travelling through a small town during a funeral. So in that respect, you know, it's not going to be a clean cut story. There has to be, I think it's a search for an explanation as to why you are so unlucky. Yeah, that, no, that, I, that kind of comes into it. I completely agree in that aspect. I don't think there's any basis. It's in, it's an interesting... I think curses are interesting, but uh, the the really idiotic ones really are the ones that I despise. And uh, you can see that I've rated them adequately in suit. But uh, the, the, this one, 
Um, I obviously think that the the lads from that team in fifty one they won it three years. Uh, they won it the three years in a row. I believe it was that time. Or no, it wasn't. They won it in the year before. Anyways, they'd won it. Twice yeah, they won it twice. Yeah, fifteen fifty one. Yeah, and they were a brilliant bunch of teams. They got Mayo their uh, second and third All Ireland ever, and um, I think nonetheless they should be held like to the account that they were. Uh, All-Ireland winning teams and this curse shouldn't really overweigh that because I think now we know them more so as the curse giving team more so than the winning team that which is, is yeah. annoying on their behalf and I think um, for them to be from that that to be nearly their gravestone written on their gravestone more people will know them for that than not especially now with generations the people the four year olds the five year olds they're like why do can't we win well it's because there's a curse on the team and I think it's kind of peddling a negative attitude yeah, it's so interesting. I mean, being even just being known for things, I'm sure, Kevin and Carl, you get it. I certainly get it where people now come up to me and say, oh, you probably put that on radio. <laughs> so for, so for, and it's, you know, some bland conversation. I'm not putting your, you know, your toiletries on radio. You're not getting any more of those conversations now. <laughs> in, the, in the same way, I'm sure for Aaron, people are probably going up to him going, you know, don't kill me. Yeah. And with this, uh, it's, you know, it would be horrible to be on that 51 team. I actually know a family of that and I you know they they certainly don't view that highly so Cahill uh, can we say not a fan yeah definitely because I do think it peddles more of a negative attitude and I think that's a, one of the reasons the, in, in Portugal the Benfica mindset might be following the same line of and paralleling it in the same line of uh, thought that it could be peddling more of a negative attitude towards the players more so than the uh, the fact that they actually ended up winning that final and it was the last time we did win it and I don't think there's a base between the two of them so uh, this one I think it deserves the um, the result of a negative 10 to cancel out any result that, or any points but, Keeping, but Keeping give it. Is it is it fair to, to assume that it's just rotten luck that in 1997 the referee sent off Mead's worst player and sent off Mayo's best player in Liam McHale is it rotten luck that in 2016, oh, well, we got on 2016, the, one, the game in Limerick 2014, in which uh, two of Mayo's best players, Killian O'Connor and Aidan O'Shea, in extra time, just accidentally headbutt each other and both of them had to come off. Is it just rotten luck when you score two own goals in an All-Ireland final in a game of Gaelic football that has never really seen own goals before? Look, you can keep making the excuses for it. It was just... It wasn't luck, it was just the way the game unfolded. Um, uh, you can c- claim it's unlucky, but the, the well, there, there's two ways of looking at it. It's unlucky and both uh, in that sense, but I think it's more so the fact that all the factors came in to give Mayo them two own goals, and um, their two own goals, They that's how the game plays. You should really watch out for them more so, and I think that it put a real perspective on that they are possible even though they're extremely rare. Same with soccer, however, for that, in that matter, but I still think the point still stands a negative 10 out of 10 for me. Okay, so on on the curse of 51, neither of you really seem to want to load your snipers. Now, the curse of the billy goat. This is the last one we can have, and I think it's the best. Them Cubs, they ain't gonna win no more. So said Billy Signs, the owner of the Billy Goat Tavern, who was asked to leave Chicago Cubs Wrigley Fields because of the smell of his pet goat was bothering other fans during Game 4 of the 1945 World Series against the Detroit Tigers. The Cubs went on to lose 
the series and went on the longest championship drought among not just the MLB, among the NFL, NBA and NHL, four different competitions in the United States history, with their last win coming in 1908. On November 2nd, 2016, the Cubs finally lifted the curse, beating the Cleveland Indians in the World Series, ending 108 years of pain. Lads, come on. A man brings his goat in, he issues a curse, and then it takes 108 years. That has to be proof enough. No wonder that I'm still open-minded in this discussion, yet the the real easy and uh, simple explanation to this is they didn't win anything even in 1945 or 47, whenever this was. It was 1908 they didn't win anything. So this drought had started long before... Mr. Um, uh, Billy Cianus, Cianus uh, a, a Greek immigrant, I'm told, issued his declaration of they ain't going to win no more. Um, 1908 was the last time they won something, and uh, th- that just seems to be uh, the way they get the cookie crumble. But surely the goat didn't help things. Well, no, but the goat, the goat didn't affect it whatsoever. Is is my point? It's they weren't winning anything, anyways. Ironically, they just were not the greatest of all time, despite <laughs> the animal that was in their presence. It does seem that it was perpetuated, this curse, throughout pop culture. And I suppose that is the way that they are kept alive. If no one's talking about it, no one cares about it. So it was written consistently by a journalist, Michael Royko Jr., who spent 30 years in Chicago and throughout his career, he was covering the Chicago Cubs. And he used to mention it quite often within his, his, uh, his writing. So that gives it the credibility, but it also does show as well, if there's one believer, one guy who thinks it's true and thinks it's a good story to continue with, then it's it's going to have a lot more legs than otherwise. It's more Four so, legs. Four. It's more so <laughs> the idea that this is just, this is probably the perfect example of how they make up excuses for their lack of results. And I think that is probably the, um, the only one I'd mar- give the zero rating on, that it doesn't... Uh, for the reason that it's just the least has the least effect on me that it doesn't make it it has no effect to me it doesn't it, there, there's no correlation versus causation in that aspect so tell me though zero. tell me though do you want to go and visit Billy Goat Tavern in Chicago might go have a sit down eat a meal something might be nice yeah I think it's it's probably done done quite well for I suppose the current owners of the Billy Goat Tavern because it's right beside Wrigley Field it's an important place i think in in chicago it's stated that you know they are very uh, a democrat focused working class irish area of chicago maybe from what i'm reading but it shows again that there is an underlying theme here of maybe a, a religiosity overpowering when it comes to sport maybe someone peed in the corners of the tavern and that's how it uh, was on earth uh, i'm sure many a night <laughs> <laughs> and it wasn't Barry Fry's fault. All right, gentlemen, uh, just to play us out one more time, Billy Fitz and Screaming Jay Hawkins. There certainly has to be a bloody course. I've come here so many times. It's not normal what's happening here in Pro Park. I put a spell on you. Because you're mine.